HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. The following program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. The more you know about our meat, the better. That's the bottom line at Whole Foods Market. Our standards require no added hormones and no antibiotics, ever. Our partnerships with farmers and ranchers allow us to offer the highest quality local and organic choices. And our newest program, the Global Animal Partnership's five-step animal welfare rating, sets unprecedented standards in the industry for beef, pork, and chicken. Standards you can see, labeled, when you walk into our stores. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com for more information on the five-step rating. Because, hey, the more you know, the better. It is Thursday, 1 o'clock, and you are tuned in to The Farm Report on the Heritage Radio Network, coming to you live from the back of Roberta's in rainy Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Aaron Fairbanks, and we are on the line today with Patrick McLenathan of Cambridge Valley Limestock. Patrick, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Aaron. It's, it's great to have you on. So I'm, I'm super excited to tuck in. Why don't you start us out by telling us what, it, what, it, what exactly Cambridge Valley Livestock is? Well, what we are is we're a livestock market up here in uh, the Washington County, upstate New York, which we're about 50 miles above Albany. What we are basically is that we're a uh, uh, wholesale auction house for, um, for the, most of the farmers, and uh, that bring their animals into us, or we have trucks pick them up. Uh, we are now in four states um, to bring all our cattle in, and we sell them to uh, major major buyers. That, um, usually the animals are loaded up and head downstate to uh, Pennsylvania. And what is your product. role there at, at the, at the, at the um, auction house? What was that? What is your role there? Oh, I'm the, I'm the, uh, my father is the owner. And I am uh, the auctioneer. My father and I are the auctioneers. So it's a family business? It's been a family business since uh, 1945. Oh, wow. So are there a lot of auction houses in the region? Uh, no, there's not. There's a few stations, but um, we are the, probably the biggest family-owned 
auction house who are in New York State. Uh, we service a good part of Vermont. Uh, we are into New Hampshire. We are into um, Connecticut and sometimes Maine. So I would love to just kind of um, go through maybe like a week in the life of, of the auction house, and maybe we can do it from the perspective of, uh, you know, one of the animals that might travel through um, through the house. So maybe if you wanted to kind of just walk us through, you know, one of the one of the people who uses the auction house regularly from the region, kind of how their animals get to you, and, and then we'll kind of go from there. But maybe, a, you know, a, if we want to talk about a cow or a goat or a pig, I don't know what makes the most sense. Okay, let's start with uh, the core of our business is uh, cold dairy cows, which is you know, a cow that is... Um, no longer of use for a dairy farm, so they usually come in. Um, they'll usually call us, or the farmer will truck them in. They'll, they get unloaded. They run into the chute. They get tagged with a number, um, state ID'd, put into a, uh, the, the pen that they should go into, mm-hmm. and um, then at sale time they come through the chute again. They get weighed auctioned off, put into uh, another pen, and then they're trucked down to a slaughterhouse. Okay, whoever buys them. So let's um, let's kind of go through that in, in a little bit more detail. So the majority of the animals that you guys are working with that you said are cold dairy animals, so basically dairy animals that are no longer kind of producing milk at the level that makes sense to keep them on at the farm. What other type of animals do you guys accept at the auction house? Well, we also will accept uh, goats. And calves. Goats and calves. And feeder cattle. And feeder, feeder cattle. cattle and beef. Okay. Yeah. And are you running like uh, five days a week or? No, we only, uh, we're open all week long. We will take animals in all week long. Usually we only take the core of them on Mondays and Tuesdays. We only have the one sale a week, Tuesday night. Okay. So an animal will make its way to you. Either you guys will go and pick it up for the farmer or the farmer will bring it to you. Um, Correct. How many, I mean, can you give us a sense of scale, like on a typical week, um, how many animals might be moving through the auction house? And does that vary over the course of the year? I mean, are there like busy times, slow times? Oh, certainly. Uh, right now, this is our, really is our slower time of the year. Um, like uh, we ran maybe that last Tuesday, we ran about 300 calves and only about 250 uh, cattle through. So that's um, the, in the, yeah, 500 in the animals for a week. So what's that? I said that's like 500 animals for the for the week that week. Yeah, and okay. that's a small amount. Okay, and then um, a busy week the, would be. Oh, in the fall, summer and fall, we can hit. Um, we have we can jump up to 500 calves and maybe 400 beef oh, or better. Wow. So, yes. so why is it busier in the summer and the fall than it is right now? Well, most of the time, the calves, the calves, the cows are dropping their calves um, in the better weather. Um, they live longer, so they make it to the sale. Um, the cattle, uh, the beef cattle, for instance, a lot of them are feeders, so they will be coming off the. Um, they're, they'll be coming off the fields and coming into our house to be sold to the prospective buyers to go to the feedlots. And for people who might not know, can you tell us what, what is a feeder, a feeder cow? 
a feeder cow is basically it's uh it's a younger cow about um anywhere probably from four to a thousand pounds um it hasn't yet fit, has been finished off for ladder so it'll probably go to a a certified feed lot to be finished off and to get it up to the perspective slaughtering weight. So it so and are these primarily dairy animals as well? Well, the dairy animals are pretty much no, they the dairy cows are pretty much sold as they are and they go down to the slaughterhouses and are generally used for hamburger. Okay. Okay. Um so I mean if you're able if you're able to put through, you know, Sounds like in the fall, you know, somewhere around 900 animals. The space up there must be, I mean, pretty, 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 pretty big. I mean, can you tell us a little bit or kind of paint a picture um, for our listeners about kind of what the what the space where they, you know, you said they go, come into a shoot and then what do the holding pens look like and, and what are kind of the treatment protocols for the animals? You know, it sounds like they can spend up to, you know, a week there basically, or maybe like six days if someone got dropped off on Wednesday, they could be there and through till next Tuesday, or they could arrive well, they, on Monday. If they're dropped in off on a Wednesday, they're pretty much spoiled rot until, you know, because they're all by themselves because we don't run that many cows through that all week. Okay. Like I said, the majority of our cows come in on sale day. Okay. So it's kind of in and out. They could just really just pass yeah, them through it's for the pretty day. Pretty much in and out. They're not there hardly at all. I mean, Monday we come in. A lot of cattle come in from out of state, um, but they're the pens are still pretty much primarily empty until sale day. And who? And tu- Go ahead. I'm sorry. And on Tuesday, you know, that the, the pens start filling up, and um, we separate. Uh, the cattle, according to uh, if they're a weaker one, they go into a, a pen that has more space and uh, other cows that are weak. And then the, the stronger animals, we put them together, and then we separate the bulls. Or if they have big horns, they, they're separated. You know, we, we're, we're all into trying to keep the animal as safe, safe as possible before sale time. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's hard to make a good sale on an animal that's not doing well, obviously. That's right. Obviously, yes. Do you have, I mean, are there any protocols as far as, you know, what you do or don't accept? Or is that kind of a a judgment call that you make as animals come in? Or if I'm a farmer and I want to, you know, bring my animal to auction, does it have to meet any kind of special requirements or specifications? Well, according... What going on right now in New York State? If they if they can walk, they mm-hmm. can be sold. Okay. Um, I'm not exactly one in, uh, for all that. I I really do believe um, a lot. There is there are some farmers out there that that use the auction houses to get rid of their problems instead of dealing with them themselves. And dealing with it themselves would mean basically like, you know, and and I think it's like one of the one of the reasons I was really excited to have you on the show today is that, you know, I think that live livestock auctions really they have they have a bad rap, but you guys are perform, you know, they're really filling a need um, in this food system that that nobody else has risen to me. And I definitely understand that, like there, you know, this is not a black and white discussion and, and one of the reasons that we wanted to bring you on is to kind of demystify some of the some of the rumors and some of the things that are going 
you know, the, the language or the talk around that and really talk about kind of what are some of the, the realities of things that you guys are both facing at your auction, but then also that farmers are facing on their farm because, you know, animals like people, they're a, a population and anytime you have a population, you know, you're going to have, you know, animals that get sick or animals that need to be put down and, and you know, there's definitely a spectrum there. So, you know, I, I, I just want to kind of acknowledge that as we're going into the conversation and I'm, so that everyone feels kind of you know, comfortable. Um, and obviously I don't want you to speak to anything that you, um, you know, don't feel like you have the kind of expertise or experience to comment on. Okay. Um, like I, like I was saying, you know, a lot of the animals are cold, are cold dairy animals. So basically, yes, they could be lame. They could be sick or they are just not able to give milk anymore. So, do we we do accept most of the animals that do come into the barn, and if basically if the buyers mm-hmm. they're, they're the probably the sharpest people in the world, these sure. cattle buyers. Yeah. So if that animal comes into the ring, and they can see anything what's wrong with that cow, and pretty much you know so it can't be auctioneer, um, they can pick that out within two seconds and. They'll look at you and say, don't want that animal. Right. That animal goes into a pen all by itself. Goodbye. Okay. You know. Sure. And, uh, and uh, that pretty much they're protecting the um, the food chain right right there out at our livestock market. And you, you know, so as you said earlier, basically like New York state law says as long as it can walk, you know, they're, they're eligible for auction. So far, so far, the way it is, if the animal can walk, it can be pretty much sold. But I'm, And on the other aspect of it, if an animal gets to the slaughterhouse and cannot walk, it cannot be slaughtered. Right. And then... So it's, it's, it's the same way for the, the slaughterhouses as it is for us. Okay. Um, so... The, are there also any, I mean, as far as, um, you know, obviously I'm assuming that you guys are under some type of uh, inspection or, or, or regulation. Oh, yeah. So yes, can you are. tell us a little bit about who who kind of like makes sure that you guys are following the rules and what some of those might be and, and what what that looks well, like? We're under a lot of regulations. Um, we have uh, packers and stockyards. We have New York State Health Inspections and USDA, which is all also kind of like under Homeland Security. Okay. So these guys come in quite often, go through the books, do uh, the inspections of, of the animals, do the inspections on the humanity of our humane handling of the animals, and and to ensure that everything is clean and up to par. And it's not like a slaughterhouse. Well, I mean, I know that if you're like a USDA inspector, slaughterhouse, that you have to have a USDA, ins- USDA inspector in-house at all times. Right. That's Do you right. have to have someone at the auction house at all times, or they just kind of show up when they show up? No, um, we don't have to have one there all the time. Uh, we are not like Pennsylvania yet where there is a, a USDA vet on the, on the loading docks mm-hmm. uh, inspecting the animals as they come off. I frankly, I would like to see that. 
eventually in New York State. I would like to have a vet. Of course, I would hate to pay for that vet, but I would like to see <laughs> a vet on the docks to, you know, to certify an animal right there and then before they come off the truck. Yeah, well, I, think I mean, that I think that... Great deal. Sure, and it'd be nice to kind of have that expertise to lean on um, as a business owner that, you know, yes. you, you know, you have the, your years of experience, but, um, you know, you're not a trained, I'm assuming anyway, maybe you are, uh, not a trained uh, veterinarian. No, I'm not a trained veterinarian, um, but I, I've seen enough animals to know that, you know, what is a sick animal and what's not. Yeah. And what, you a, know, it would, go ahead. It, it would just, it would just solve a lot more problems between the auction house and the farmer's if, you know, they'd be calling us up, why didn't my animal sell? Well, we, we could say, well, because the vet didn't pass it. Right, right. That kind would of, be so much easier on us. Sure, because then you're not having to kind of play, you know, the middleman That's or correct. defend your decision or, or, or anything like that. So, Pat, we're going to take a quick break and um, kind of talk more into this when we come back. It'll be about a minute, all right? Sure. You're tuned into the Farm Report on the Heritage Radio Network, and we are on the line with Pat McLenathan of Cambridge Valley Livestock. He is a livestock auctioneer up in Cambridge, New York. So, Pat, before the break, we were kind of talking a little bit about the different regulatory bodies and oversight that, that you guys are subject to there at the auction house. And we're talking a little bit about vets, and I was just wondering, I mean, is there any requirement to have a vet on site, or do you find you, do you guys ever make use of veterinary services, or are they called in, or, or if something kind of happens after an animal has been dropped off, then do you go back to the farmer to take, take care of that, or how does that work? Well, if the animal uh, becomes what they call a down cow, um, then it's pretty much we have to have a rendering service come pick up that animal, and we do bill the farmer for that. Um, and that would be like the same the same kind of thing that would happen if an if an animal fails to be bought at auction, do the they would go to a rendering service as well. Yes, pretty much primarily yes. Yeah. So. You know, oh, go ahead. Um, we, we you know. It, it, it could also go to uh, a, a cow that doesn't pass in the ring. Well, sometimes we'll go to a slaughterhouse where they will 
um, inspect that animal there, and it, it'll pass or fail right there too. So there's know. like a second chance. It's a sec well, there a veterinarian will inspect that animal. Okay. And if it if it it's if it's okay for slaughtering, then they will take take care of that. If not, they'll it'll be it'll be off to rendering. So let's talk a little bit about when an animal kind of enters the auction floor. Um, is there, are you, when you're, you know, when it's Tuesday night and all the animals are there and the buyers are there, are, are they coming onto the floor um, as individuals, as groups? Is there multiple auctioneers? No, they're just uh, pretty much me um, doing the auction. Uh, the cattle is weighed, the cow is weighed individually. Uh, then and exits the scales into the ring where it's turned around for the buyers to see. The auction here will start his chant, and within about oh, 10, 10, 10, 15 seconds, the animal is sold and uh, it's put into the uh, holding pens until they're trucked. Can you do a chant for us? I knew you guys were going to say that. <laughs> I can't resist. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, over there, and that cow weighs fifteen hundred pounders, and the fifty there now one fifty one 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 with a bit of one. I'm bit of two now two looking for two with a bit of three. I'm bit of three four with a bit of four now four four now five fifty five with a bit of eight now five with a bit of eight six six and seven six and seven 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 with a bit of seven six and seven. I'm bit of seven now eight fifty eight now nine looking for nine with a bit of nine sold fifty eight cents. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so so that was kind of my next question. It's like kind of trying to get a sense of, of of the price range for these animals. Can you can you tell us kind of what would be kind of a general high and low range to to purchase an animal at auction and kind of what um maybe what some of the factors are that go into the price. I mean, obviously the health of the animal, but if I, if I were, you know, there as a buyer and I'm kind of looking at a, a, you know, a feeder cow, what is it exactly that I'm looking at? And then what is kind of a range of price that I can expect to, to pay? Well, if, if, let's say it's a feeder calf, you know, and as, as anything else, you know, as that cow, cow enters, the, enters the ring, you're going to be looking at, are, are the feet fine? Does it have meat on the structure? You don't want a skinny cow. You don't want a cow that looks kind of any, any sickness. So you're going to zero in on that first. Um, basically, you're going to, you're kind of, when you see a cow coming into the ring, you're kind of, you want to look at it like what's that animal going to look like hanging, hanging weight after slaughter. Okay. So, so, I mean, if it's a skinny cow coming in the ring, you know it's not going to bring as much as a nice, Nice cow with muscle, with with good strong meat, all a nice barrel around it. Okay, it, it, it's the same as you know anything else. When you know, you're not going to buy a, a, a sick, sick uh, skinny cow. Or you're not going to pay as much for a skinny cow. No, as you no, would. not. Yeah, I mean a, a big solid cow that comes through the ring right now. Uh, let's say, and I mean, we're, I was selling one ton, one ton cows. Which are you know kind of it's a big animal. Um, I was I was popping eighty cents on them Tuesday night. Then uh, you get a a little lean cow coming in, um, like a little jersey that's showing a lot of bones. And it's probably just a really old jersey cow. You know that'd probably go for twenty five thirty cents a pound. Okay, all right. And so that you know that's obviously like live the live weight and, and... That's live weight. Okay. 
So who um, who are the people that are coming in to buy these animals? Like who are kind of some of the typical players in the crowd at the auction house? And are they the same from week to week? They're pretty much almost all the same week to week. Now and then the the, the same slaughter the same slaughterhouses are the same are you know send the same buyers. Now and then there's a change up, but not too often. Um, the, the, they're mainly Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania slaughterhouses, which is, um, oh, let me see, would be Taylor Beef, which is the division of Cargill. Okay. And then we have, uh, oh, we have uh, J, JBS Packerland, which is also out of Pennsylvania. It's Nichols Livestock out of Pennsylvania. And uh, the only local one that we have, which I call local, is uh, it's called Champlain Beef which is uh, probably 40 minutes north of us. Okay. So pretty much all these cows are bought, and they pretty much go down to Pennsylvania. So the buyers come up, and they, they bid on the animals every week, and they load them up. And so the as, as far as, like, the slaughter facilities that we're talking about, and I know this isn't your area of expertise, but just so if you know, um, they're going to, I'm assuming, pretty large-scale slaughter facilities. Very large-scale facilities. Do you have a sense of how large scale or how many animals may be in a given period? Uh, you could probably f- say somebody like Taylor, thousands. Yeah, okay. And then the, the, the be- uh, essentially like the hamburger of the beef that's coming out of those plants is, mm-hmm. is just kind of is going into, you know, kind of normal stuff that's sold under the cargo label that we would see at a grocery store you go to or mm, fast food or fast food yeah a lot of it's probably fast food your your uh your your big fast food joints in all your places you know the hamburgers that's pretty much your primarily is good chunk of your burgers going good okay and how how does the auction house make money do you guys take a percentage of the sale or? yeah we take a commission on, the, on our livestock. So if you bring in your, uh, I, I think it's a basic 6% mainly right now on our livestock on a cow. And so whatever that cow brings per pound, is we get a percentage of that. And the remainder will go to the farmer. And you guys, so then do you guys act, um, I mean, as far as taking care of the, you said as the animals come in, they're all tagged. You know, obviously record keeping is huge, especially, um, you know, I think all the things going on around beef lately, um, that so that you know, obvious, and also so that everyone kind of gets paid. It's like you know which animal came from which farm on which day, and, and you guys handle all of that kind of paperwork and all those transaction costs. Yep, it's all as computerized. As... It's all computerized. So all the tagging is done, and the name is written down. It goes into our computer. And uh, believe me, the uh, USDA just loves those computer systems oh, now because yeah. they come in and just put their little buttons and go through it, and now they can pick out any little problem very oh. quickly. Yeah, I'll bet. They, yeah, they'd love to be able to track cattle now. Um, exactly, and find it fast. And as far as, you know, um, prices, I mean, does uh, do, do prices for cattle kind of follow a trend kind of nationally or is it more regionally set or are you going to be getting you know if, if i'm a, a buyer and i'm coming up to new york from pennsylvania am i going to be seen drastically different you know why am i coming to you versus you know someone in pennsylvania or or you know connecticut or virginia Generally, it's almost the same 
on the East Coast. Um, we kind of base our prices uh, on our on pretty much on our sales going to go on the big sale in New Holland, Pennsylvania. We look at their market report, and generally we're pretty close to it or better on our beef prices. But that can radically change in a heartbeat. Um, I can I can um, years ago when there was the mad cow outbreak, uh, the mad uh, the mad cow outbreak mm-hmm. on the um, we, there was a phone call during the sale, and all the buyers were told, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, stop! You know, we got an issue here. Boy, prices just dropped. Boom, you know." It's, so it's 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 a commodity, right? So I mean, within a phone call. Sometimes the prices change drastically, you know. Hopefully, we always hope for the better. Of course. You know, and, and it, I, I have seen that, especially in the calf market. Um, though all these, uh, and the buyers downstairs, the big beef buyers, so the phone calls to be going back and forth and saying, okay, we're really short on cows uh, from this sale, so you got to pick up the pace and start buying more. And all of a sudden, the price will jump three, four cents because, you know, these, these guys need more cows. So it, it's kind of like the, it really is like the stock market sometimes. Yeah, it moves Very on. interesting. And, and so, you know, we, we said a little bit earlier about kind of how essentially the livestock auction and these large-scale um, kind of beef buying slaughterhouses essentially kind of fill a niche for uh, these feeder animals or dairy animals. I mean, what, what would you say are like the alternatives to 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 the commodity or to to the livestock auction you know if i have if i'm a dairy farmer and i have a cow that's no kind of no longer really an efficient milker if i don't send them to you what are my other options well the other only option is uh there is you can send them to way stations um and they will be directly from the way station be directly shipped down to the uh, the slaughterhouse the only, the only bad problem about that is, is you have to take what the cider house gives you. Okay. So, so you... how do you know if that's an actually a fair price? Right. What that they're giving you. See, when they come into the livestock market, well, you got competitive business bidding going on. There's four or five buyers right there bidding on your cow. When you ship it direct to the cider houses, you have to take their price. So we're working to get you the best price. Right, because that benefits you as well, of course. Yes, it does. And um, so, you know, you mentioned that you you would like to see um, New York State moving in the direction of Pennsylvania with regards to having, uh, you know, a vet on premises that, that inspects the animals. Are there any other kind of changes that, that, that you see kind of either that are already on the horizon or that you think would make? for kind of uh, a better system in, in any way, whether that's regards to, you know, animal treatment or just streamlining the process? Is there anything kind of in the pipeline or if you had kind of a magic wand that you would change about how the system's working now? Well, we, we have a really good state vet up here now, Dr. Uh, Dr. Ellis, and um, he always, he's always strives very hard on on sanitation, and he strives very hard on handling our animals as humane as possible. He's always working with us on that. Um, there always can be improvement, you know. There, you know, but I, I really feel um, 
there could be always bigger strides and on the farm before the animal is shipped up to us. You know, you can tell, def, you can definitely tell by whose farm, I mean, at least I can, um, who's, by looking at the cow, I can almost say whose cow that was from what farm. There's a range, sure. You know, there, you know, there is some really, really good farmers out there. And, of course, there is some people out there that shouldn't be farmers at all. And, and you, you can pick them out. And essentially, the you know, it, it's what it sounds like is, you know, the you guys are really just a spot that the animal is going to pass through for a day, maybe a two day period of, of their yeah. life. So they're not really hanging out with you. No, no. And you know, and then there's been the pictures, you know, of people, you know, like there was a, a video of New Holland, and there's, you know, Ian and I was on the web. World Wide Web, you know, about somebody was in our auction ring taking a picture. And, and you know, it, it, it's not exactly fair. I mean, we have to deal with these animals that the farmer has dropped off to us. And it's like, you know, it's we are trying to deal with it the best we can. But And, and the other aspect, the animal should never have been in our auction house to begin with. Sure. And, and I think, like, the, that type of kind of... Uh, change really, to me anyway, comes as a result of different regulatory policies that kind of give give services like yours access to kind of tools or support. Um, and I think that stuff is really consumer, you know, driven. You know, as as beef consumers, we we do have, I think, a lot of responsibility and also a lot of say in kind of how that system works on the ground. And I think really the first part um, is getting a chance to speak with someone like you who can give us a sense of what does it actually look like on the ground and what are some of these issues and, and, and where is there kind of points in the system that that can be improved or, or, or tweaked and, and what role, um, you know, what roles are kind of being played. So, Pat, I want to thank you so much for sharing some of your afternoon with us, and it was really great to have you on the show. I hope to have you back to kind of you know, talk more on this issue, which I think is, is really important and something that definitely doesn't get discussed enough. So thanks a lot for, for coming on the Farm Report. Definitely tune in next week as we have Claire of Catskills Provision. We're going to be talking uh, all about the Catskills and all about honey. So get your buzz on with the Farm Report. Thanks, sir. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.